Hey, this is Damon Schroeder, and you're listening to the uh, Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Do you think you're the next Russell Peters? Why not find out by performing on our Amateur Night? Visit yuckyucks.com for information on how to sign up. Amateur Night is only available at participating Yuck Yucks clubs. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What is going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. What a great intro, again, by our good friend, Mr. Lane Argue. Very, very talented musician and all-around heartthrob. Uh, welcome back, everybody. 2016, we are here. We made it. Everyone alive? Everyone okay? Everyone's good? I'm doing wonderful myself. This is the year, folks. This is the year I feel very good about 2016. As you guys know, we have kept you guys rockingly busy over the holidays. We did not take a break. We've been doing interviews nonstop. I hope you guys have been enjoying the last few episodes. I know I have. Last week, <laughs> I swear to God, uh, we had Steve Simone over the holidays. We had Jonathan Baum over the holidays. And I'm just going to go on record right now. If you go pick up Jonathan Baum's book, I challenge you to this. I'm actually thinking about starting up a little webisode uh, to have someone sit in front of me, read Jonathan Baum's book, My Impaired Moral Compass, The Dismal Failures and Occasional Triumphs of a Misguided Man. And I want to videotape people reading short stories out of Jonathan's book. Uh, I'm looking at the book right now in studio. And it, I honestly was choking. I was crying with laughter. So, so much when I was reading some of the stories, absolutely well-written book. And again, I implore you guys to go out there and uh, check out his book, My Impaired Moral Compass, The Dismal Failures and Occasional Triumphs of a Misguided Man, Mr. Jonathan Baum, everybody. Yes, yes. Hey, also big shout out to my good buddy, Mr. Steve Simone. I call him a good buddy now that we've had Chinese food together. We sat, we broke bread, actually broke dumplings. Myself, him and Scott Robertson uh, over at the Calgary Yuck Yucks uh, Club. And we all went out for Chinese food. And I talked about this in the last episode, but uh, honestly, what a great guy. And, and just to kind of give you guys a, a quick update on the Santa Steve Fund. Uh, that, uh, that as you guys know, Steve Simone had put on, uh, on the GoFundMe, uh, they not only reached the record, but they actually surpassed it by, I mean, worlds, planets apart. Again, the goal was $3,000. Steve Simone, Santa Steve went ahead and raised, are you guys ready for this? That was my drum roll. $14,967 raised by 501 people in one month. So a big shout out to Santa Steve Simone uh, and had some amazing people behind it. As I mentioned before, uh, people like uh, Bill Burr, Demi Lovato, and of course, listeners like you right here from the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, I want to thank everybody who donated to Santa Steve's Fund. Also, big shout out to all of the listeners out there who have been supporting this podcast. And again, we are still listed on the What's Hot section of iTunes. Uh, I'm also listed as the What's Hot on the Latino version of... Uh, I'm joking. Um, anyway, I had a great Christmas, everybody. Got to spend some quality time with family, friends. Uh, we broke bread. We ate uh, beautiful meals. Uh, I stuffed myself like a turkey. And uh, I couldn't have asked for a better Christmas holidays. What did you guys get? 
did you guys get any like cool gifts and stuff? I got a bunch of cool shit. I got running gloves. I got clothing. I got uh, bracelets. Uh, I got jewelry. Uh, yes, yes. It was, I made out like crazy. And the, the great thing about it is that we had some family over, uh, for the, for, for like holiday meals and and all that type of stuff. And, and just sitting around the fire and talking and, and gossiping and talking trash about, uh, you know, the people who aren't there at the time is always a fun thing to do at Christmas. It really is. Uh, but yes, I was absolutely spoiled this Christmas. I hope you guys were too, because 2016 and the new year, it was really weird, actually, because during the new year, there was no countdown. Uh, there was no local broadcast like they do every year where they had the I, – I honestly thought I slept in or something. Like I thought I, I missed it. But I, I, there was no local countdown. There was no show in Canada doing a countdown to New Year's. Usually they have a, a big uh, show at the Parliament Building um, you know, or, or the Capitol. You know, I, I don't – I don't know enough about Canada to be calling places capitals. and so I want to say Ottawa, uh, but whatever. Anyway, they usually have a big show they put on there at the uh, at the uh, presidential uh, palace. What the hell do we call it here in Canada? Um, anyway, you know, they always have a couple of washed up celebrities over there hosting. And uh, this year, nothing. I didn't see anything this year. So I'm not quite sure what the hell happened there. But it kind of sucked not having uh, a huge countdown to uh, to you know ring in the new year. But regardless, it was a good new year, very quiet uh, for me anyway. And uh, and uh, I, I hope all of you made it through the new year's uh, very safe and very sound. I also hope some of you guys got to go out and check out some of the local Yuck Yucks clubs and their New Year's Eve shows. Uh, some amazing talent gracing the stages uh, all across the country for the New Year's Eve shows. So, uh, hey, send us some tweets. Send us some feedback. Uh, anybody you guys would like to see coming up, anybody that are fan favorites, uh, by all means, uh, give us a tweet. Hashtag YYCP. Is there anybody out there you'd like for me to interview? Because we got some great guests lined up. We got some surprises for you in 2016. I know you guys are going to like it. Um, I can't go on the record right now and tell you what those surprises are, but they're, they're going to be big. They're going to be huge. We're going to bring you some amazing talent, amazing interviews, just like we did in 2015. And we're going to celebrate, hopefully, with a live podcast here pretty soon. Our executive producer, Miss Kira Williams, who is just a, just a doll face, this, this wonderful Kira. Uh, she is uh, working tirelessly on her end to try to get a live Yuck Yucks podcast uh, in the Calgary Club. We're going to do a soft launch probably here and then uh, see what kind of feedback we get and, and go you know coast to coast, man. I want to I do this coast to coast. I want to go out there and visit everybody across this fine country of Canada. One of the greatest things that I, I, I hear from comedians that are signed with Yuck Yucks that go out and travel the road, travel the country, is how they get to go and see parts of this country that they never have been able to see before. Uh, and, and we're talking all across Canada because they Yuck Yucks has the on-tour comedy shows as well. So they get to hit the small towns that don't have comedy clubs, and they get to bring some of that comedy, some of that uh, showmanship and entertainment to small towns that don't always get to have the big city entertainment. That's right. Yuck Yucks on tour. Uh, so, yes, a lot of communities I talk to are just like, man, it is incredible to get out there and actually see this country. I've not been able to go out and see this country uh, coast to coast. I really, really want to do that. I want to go to Victoria. I want to go to Vancouver. I want to go to the Northwest. I want to go all over the place. I want to see what Canada is all about. And I want to bring the Yuck Yucks comedy podcast with me. So be sure to show your support. Be sure to tweet us at hashtag YYCP and tell executive producer Kira Williams, we want Jake Hirsch. That's right. We want Jake Hirsch in our town. Hey, uh, on the show today, 
We've got a very interesting guy, uh, and I was able to go down to the club and watch him perform. Absolute pleasure. His name is Winston Spear, and he does some pretty entertaining stuff on stage. Very great comedy. Uh, he had the crowd absolutely uh, just going nuts. And the, and the best thing about it is, is that uh, I, I got to sit down with him and, and just pick his brain for a good, you know, solid 30, 45 minutes. Uh, this is a great interview with a real great talent, somebody who's been around for a while and has seen comedy all across Canada and has really developed a very interesting style of his own on stage that is, uh, that is very much appreciated throughout the clubs throughout the country. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's go talk to my good friend, Mr. Winston Sphere. Thank you. That was uh, that was very impressive. I've I've heard that you dance. I've never seen you before, so it was a real treat uh, coming in and watching you do uh, the last part of your set and stuff like that. And the dance thing, man, was uh, I've never seen it before. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I uh, I've been making music on uh, Acid Pro. Well, it was a while ago. I made music on Acid Pro Seven. How does that work? Is that like a program or something? Yeah, it's a program. You know, like uh, well, uh, it's just like other. It's one of the music programs. It's an old one. Uh, I haven't worked with it in a while, but uh, that's what I made music on uh, Acid Pro 7. No way. Yeah. Has that, has that always been a passion for you? or did, When did you start getting into when, music uh, stuff? When the uh, computer uh, uh, you know, started coming out right. and uh, they started making programs for um, making music. Right. And uh, so someone that doesn't really know about music making, like myself, right. could yeah. actually play with something. And the first one was called uh, Dance Maker. No way. I bought it at uh, at um, uh, Best Buy. No, it was uh, Sony Music or something like that. It was a store in uh, London, Ontario. Right. And it was for 20 bucks in a bin. And it was called Dance Maker. And uh, I think it was on sale for like 10 bucks. And I made music on my computer with it. And it was just a simplest, simple system of putting blocks on there. Actually, yeah. it started with, uh, there was a game called... I think Music Maker on uh, uh, Nintendo. Right, right, right. Do you remember that? I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and there was another comedian that showed it to me. I can't remember his name. He lives out here, the uh, Indian gentleman. He's uh, Métis, not Métis. um, You know who I'm talking about? Is it uh, Don Burnstick? No, he's no. no, um, He's a big guy. He's really funny. Oh, shit. I'd have to. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of big guys funny. He's the one that showed it to me. He said, Winston would love this. He no makes way. music, too. It was, it was, it was called Ge- Music Generator, remember? That's remember? right, Music Generator. Music Generator. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, you started, uh, like, monkeying around with that stuff? Yeah, but it, it filled up in a minute. It right. was blocks. Each right. block was, a, like, a block was a drum, or another block was a guitar, another right. block was a right. sound. Another, and you had a, it was like a game, right. but it didn't right. do very well. Right. Because you, you just made music on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at, at one minute was it. That's all you could do. Right. The maximum you could do with all the stuff is one minute. So he started making music, and he showed it to me. Then I started making music, and I made a little tune, a dance piece on stage to it, to it, to it, to, it, to a DVD. I'm right. sorry, a CD, and then, you know, those finger lights you get at the dollars, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So I matched that lights on stage to no that, way. to the light music. Yeah, that was a while ago, but it was a lot of fun. Oh, 
holy shit. Yeah. And, just, like, and you just kept growing with it. You kept getting... Yeah, I started growing with it. it. I still don't know. Uh, I just, I've learned so much about music now with these programs right. that now, uh, which I didn't realize before uh, when I was making this music, uh, making it for a long time, sure. how important the bassist is. Right. I had no clue how important they yeah, are. Yeah, because when you look on stage, it's always like you don't ever... I don't. It's not a pronounced sound when you're watching. You yeah. never think that it's just the guy strumming along, and you don't really. It's think like it adds the basis is like the jacket of the drums, right? And or the warmth of the the the, the music, or the warmth of the drums. Yeah. Because I remember going up to a, a basis once. Uh, I was doing a tour for the UN soldiers, right. and there was a band there, and I was the host. And I came up to him and said, "You're really important." He goes, "Yeah, I know, and nobody knows that, and that's why I drink." <laughs> He's like the most underappreciated person. Totally, because I totally <laughs> learned to appreciate the bassist making music. Exactly. I never really would have never would have thought twice about them. That's crazy. Because you have to have a certain ear to hear it. Sure. Because sure. it's such a light sound, yet it's Absolutely. so important. Like it's yeah. a warm sound. Absolutely. You I mean, know. You really think that that's really the backbone of the entire piece, like yeah. the entire band. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, the drums is the obviously the the pace creates the beast, and, yeah, and the, they the can't beat. work around the drums if the drums if the drummer's not. The yeah. drummer's not right. Everyone else is screwed up. Exactly. Right? That's it only makes crazy, sense because the drummer's like the clock, like the time. Right, right. And everyone's got to go by that time. Just go by that time. I know. Yeah. It's sort of neat to look and see how different it is. You know, you know it's funny. It's like when I get, as I got older, I started appreciating the music a little bit more and how it all forms and how it all comes together. Because when you're young and you're looking at music, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, it just all makes sense. Yeah. But when you break it down piece by piece, I mean, it's very... Yeah, and then you realize, like I realized uh, after so long that how important and incredible jazz is. Like, I yeah. can't even figure that out. Right, It's right. incredible. It's so organic and yeah. and, and it's, it's, it's controlled, yet it goes yeah. anywhere. You know, it's like you're watching, like watching jazz is amazing. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know? But, uh, but how long yeah. did you drum for? Oh, man, 10 years, 15 years. I think the oh, first wow. music I drummed to, I think, was like Jane's Addiction or something like that or, or something something to that. I remember my brother coming home and saying, you got to listen to this tape. It's Nirvana. And I'm thinking, I never heard it, what Nirvana is or whatever. And I started drumming. And he played guitar. He always played guitar and bass. And then I just played drums. And I just, yeah, I, I learned playing jazz a lot, which is weird. But, wow! Uh, so I learned the, you know, the I guess they call it the correct way of, you know, holding your sticks and the the four four beats and the sixteen beats and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, I was a real I was a real fan of music growing up. But yeah, it just was, you know, the wrong timing. I wasn't old enough to play in the bars. Well, yet, it doesn't so. matter. It's still amazing. It is. You know what? It's funny because once in a while I walk like in a Toys R Us and they've got those those drums that you can do and shit and you're just like oh man this is great because you start hitting it with your fingers even some of those sound pads and stuff yeah and you exactly. just start getting into it yeah because I crazy. dropped it for a while right and then I my computer died and then I got an iPad and then there's GarageBand on oh, it so I just started playing on that right right over again and it took a while yeah because I'm not a tech savvy person right right so I just kept playing with it and then I finally started to figure that out so yeah. now I know I'm understanding that program right of Garage, and it's simplified right yeah, yeah yeah so it's easier for people like me to, to do it to understand which it, is yeah. nice Absolutely. you know it's a, it, that is a, a wonderful yeah. uh, a wonderful advantage it is they yeah. make it software pretty pretty easy to, to understand yeah. and once you get into it like it's like GarageBand or like uh, I movie or you know whatever you get into it takes a little while to kind of catch on but once you once you're well, i guess it, if you man, find yeah. what you love right it, there's no time exactly the time doesn't is not there there's no there's no work it's always getting into it yeah it's, it's always, always like pleasure. you're always like forgetting to eat and stuff like that my friend, my friend was like, did you forget to eat and stuff like that you gotta go to the washroom and you're running 
is you're doing too much music. That's so true. I know, I know. You get I, think, I think that's like, I think that's uh, ingrained in us, uh, even as kids. I mean, you remember as a kid, you know, coming home with a video game and you play it until you master it. <laughs> right. You know, it's like three or four days. You realize that, you know, life has uh, passed you by at some point. But And then you yeah. listen to other music. Yeah. And you, now you listen to music differently. Exactly. It's so wild. Yeah. Now you listen to music differently. Absolutely. I remember you know? growing up. Well, you know what? Who were some of your bands growing up? Who, who, I'm a who disco you? guy. Are you? So now I'm like, now I love techno and, tra- uh, no, sorry, techno. I'm techno right. and electronic and yeah, yeah. deep house, house music. No shit. Yeah, because it seems to be, because I like music with no thinking. I, yeah. I don't, like uh, rock and roll and stuff, it's great, but yeah. I can't. I don't want to think. Right. I, the disco's non-thinking. It's stupid dancing. That's yeah, all yeah. it is. So that's 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 me. I love So like, did you catch on in, in like the 80s like during the Depeche Mode and New Order type era, Joy Division, where they started using some of that stuff? No, well, me, it was like craft work. Yeah. I got into craft work, and, uh, but it's mostly like disco right. Disco stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, no problem. Come, yeah, come on in. No problem. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, just watch the door. Yeah, careful. Look out. Watch out that door. Okay, it's all right now. Yeah. So yeah, that's incredible, man. That's it. so. Uh, when did you start incorporating it into your into your stage? I try to make sure that I, as soon as I possibly could, put it in my act. Yeah. So I had to come up with a line. Right. So as soon as I came up with a line, I used it. Which is, I'm sorry, I thought it was a loan. Right. Which means I could open with any any kind of music. Sure. Because it's a safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's incredible, though, man. It's that's a real risk, though, like incorporating something that you've never done before. Definitely, it, especially. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and people loved it out there. I mean, it's a huge hit. It is a huge hit. I'm yeah. glad I kept it up. You know, I was, I was, uh, I was not particularly, uh, um, I was not particularly accepted when I started doing it. No shit. As stand up. Yeah. Because it's not stand up. Right. Uh, but uh, one night uh, at the uh, Yuck Yucks at Bay in Yorkville, the, the gigantic, massive doorman came up to me and said, "You're gonna dance tonight, aren't you?" <laughs> what? So you're doing- oh, you're on my side. Okay then. <laughs> Get the doorman on my clear. side. This big guy's on my side. He likes my dancing. <laughs> <laughs> that's dynamite, man. Isn't that it's great? Like, you imagine that. I'm a friend, and the big doorman goes, you're going to dance tonight. It's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because <laughs> I've been in some clubs where there is some, I mean, you know, once in a while, I'm sure you've got some crowds where there's some pretty rough-looking clientele in some of these bars and stuff like that. Some, you know, some clubs. I'm sure you've you performed in front of people where you're like, oh, shit, I hope this goes over well. Well, I... Don't do it if it if it's a one nighter, right? Because uh, it's sometimes too scary for really? them for the change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's too different for yeah, them. Yeah. But if I do do it on a one nighter, I usually do it to Funky Town. It's it's pretty much a guaranteed safety because yeah. it's an old yeah. disco tune. Everyone and there's it. no real mark to it. Right. There's no real judgment to the to the tune. Yeah. Everyone likes it, whether they like rock and roll, you know, whatever yeah. they like. Everyone loves a, a, like it's like um, Boogie Wonderland. Sure. Who the it? No matter what Everybody that. No matter what. That time period that song plays people get up and dance boogie wonderland who the fuck doesn't want to get up to dance to that as soon as it starts people want to move someone's got to be drooling with the residual right there's always there's always a a tune that will last forever absolutely that's why sometimes you'll hear kids that are you know seven years old (laughs) pumping out ring my bell that's right you know my daughter's just pumping it out ring my bell ring my bell it's horrible too oh man that is dynamite. So let's start back from the very beginning, man. You're you're a Montreal guy. Yeah. Born and raised out there. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about that. What was it like growing up out there? What was what was the what was the scene like back then? You come from a big big family or anything? Or? Uh, seven kids. Holy shit. So I'm number six. Wow. Yeah. Lucky yeah. Number Randall six. Spear is a uh, is a um, folk singer. 
if you ever want to look, look him up. Really? Yeah, great, great brother. Wow. Yeah, he's a folk singer in Quebec City. That's amazing. Yeah. Six siblings, man. That's yeah. a big, big family. What was it like growing up there? Were you the comedian all the time? Or were you I pretty much was, yeah, but everyone, all my families are funnier than I am. No they're, way. Oh, yeah, they're all way funnier than I am. My brothers and sisters, they're great. Yeah. yeah. I, I get their humor more than everybody else, so. Yeah, it's funny how yeah. people just come from that background where there's a lot of performers in the, in the family growing up, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people that perform around the dinner table every night, or they just tell jokes, or they're... You know, I get my brother's humor. Like, my brothers would never get up on stage, but I find them to be some of the funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Siblings are Only, hilarious. yeah, you're going to understand your, your brother's humor more than everybody else. Exactly. Because you grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Did you know you wanted to get into comedy when you, when you finished up school? Uh, no, I, I did some stand-up in, uh, in high school. Right. And I was, it was Pierre Bro that did stand-up when I was in high school. Really? And he's from Ottawa, and he inspired me. No way. Yeah, he was in a couple of grades ahead of me. Mm-hmm. I went to a small school called Vaudreuil Catholic High School. It's no longer there anymore. Right. And Pierre Bro did stand-up at assemblies, and I watched him. Holy shit. I remember some of his jokes. He goes, uh, if you ever had a, if you were piled, if you had shit piled up all the way to your neck and someone threw a brick at you, would you duck? That's Pierre Bro's joke in high school. Pierre Bro. <laughs> Saying these during assemblies at school. That's yeah. dynamite, man. My my high school joke was, you know, you go, I, 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 I can't get coffee in the gym. There's no, there's no coffee machine. How can I get a coffee in the gym? You can't get coffee. And the other one was, hey, when you go buy cookies at the cookie machine, the cookies are on the top. You don't get cookies, you get crumbs. <laughs> Folks? That's Great 7, are you with me? <laughs> The whole mass is everybody. Grade seven, are you with me? Grade seven. You're my people. Grade seven are my people. <laughs> That's dynamite, man. So what happened after high school? After I went into start? construction. I was a dish, uh, First, I went into a dishwasher. I was a dishwasher for two years. Right. Mauvelage and Willow Inn and in Hudson. And then I went into construction yeah. for, I think, about two years. And then now, were I, you taking a break from stand-up during this time, or were you still... There was no stand-up at that time. No, no. Nothing. And really? then I... Uh, oh, I went to John Abbott College. I went to college. Okay. And I took theater workshop. Nice. And I, t- and I took, and I took, I took uh, dance. I was the only guy in the dance class, because back at that time, was very, uh, it wasn't very... It wasn't upon, very popular. Not very popular, no. Wow. So I was the only guy that took dance class in, in dance in, no in CJEP, John Abbott. And the teacher came up to me and said, I'm not going to fail you. You know that. It took enough guts for you to come to this class. So you're going to, yeah, yeah. So I was the only dance, only guy dancing in dance class. That must have taken some stones back in the day. Yeah, but after a while, it didn't matter at all. Because just, you're just this guy, and they just realize you're just wants to, your guy wants to dance, learn how to dance. And like, I couldn't stretch or nothing. I was a terrible stretcher. And, uh, and uh, I just... the scenery is pretty good, too. A lot of... Uh, yeah, it's like, all beautiful <laughs> girls, but they're all... I'm just there to dance, and they're all dating football players. So it, <laughs> me, I'm, I'm not going to have any chance. I'm not there to meet any women. I'm there to dance. I'm the dancing guy. So, so that was a lot of fun, a great teacher. And uh, I did... Uh, I took John Abbott College. I, I took theater workshop. It was... a uh, uh, Marie Napier and Ian Smith were my teachers. They're fantastic. And and all the teachers, too, in my high school were all wonderful, fantastic. What a great school that was. And wow. very supportive for all uh, talent. Because the English teacher would do a jubilee every year, and he was so supportive of, uh, of, uh, of, of just the arts. And, uh, and it was just, I just realized that only when you're older how some fantastic teachers are. Absolutely. And it's like it's almost too late to tell them because yeah. sometimes yeah, they yeah. passed away. Absolutely. You know? 
Wow. That's amazing. When did you decide to start pursuing the stand-up? I got a, a ticket for doing construction without my helmet on, so I said, fuck it, I quit. And uh, <laughs> when I quit, I went on unemployment. And when I went on unemployment, I went to... Uh, I had unemployment coming in. So right. then I went to uh, the Comedy Nest in Montreal and showcased and uh, bombed horribly. No and then I went back home and I figured I gave up comedy. And then I got a call from Ernie Butler saying, where are you? I So he goes, I said, I bombed. He goes, well, that's fine. Just come back and bloody well do it again. I said, okay, I'll do that. And uh, yeah, so thanks for Ernie calling me and bringing me back. I probably never would have done comedy anymore. You don't anymore. think you would have tried it again? It's, it's a terrifying thing to bloody well do. Especially yeah. when you go up first. I still have total compassion for amateurs and yeah. new new talent. Uh, I still remember how terrifying it is. Because, I mean, there's there's times when you go to a club or, you know, you see someone go up and you see them bomb horribly or something. And then a couple of years later, they resurface somewhere and they're just, they're killing it. Yeah. They're crushing it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a real weird thing. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the only lines of work where you really have to hone your craft very, very well, especially on stage. And your yeah. timing and, you know. It's an interesting line of work, man. I'm, I'm nodding. I'm nodding. Yes, I'm nodding. Yes. <laughs> so in case people are wondering, <laughs> what do you think? Was it just him saying, "Come back and do it again"? Did it become a challenge for you, or or was it like I'm going to do this out of pure passion? I did take a, a stand-up course uh, in in uh, also in, in uh, when I was younger, uh, but I can't remember the name of it. It was a long time ago before I started into in, into stand-up. Was it helping? I think it helped me a bit because it's always good to have a support group, right? Because sure. when you're going to school together and you're all working on the same thing, you kind of help each other. Right. So that was good. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the Comedy Nest was an awesome club right. back then. Like it was really fun, right. a lot of fun. It was a little room. It had a, held 120 people maximum, but it could sound like 300 people. No shit. Oh, my God. It was such a great room, such an awesome wow. energy room. You know? No way. Yeah. yeah. And downstairs was dancing, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, it was a great street, Bishop Street in Montreal. Oh. It was a lot of activity and a lot of fun. Was there a moment where you just started, it just started making sense to you? Like, this is what I'm going to start doing full time? And, and just I did sort of have that, yeah, because when I went to, uh, I didn't go to Toronto until I actually had enough work to go because right. they wanted me to, they wanted me to move to Toronto, but I didn't, I didn't, I waited for the, uh, the actual necessity to move, right. not the uh, come on down and move. Yeah, yeah. Wait till I till I'm well. If I'm busy, then I will move. But if right, I'm not, right. then I won't. What was the scene like back then? Uh, what do you mean when I moved to Toronto? Yeah, like who was on the scene that that, that you looked up to or that you worked that you worked? I with? looked up. I, I think I look up a lot. I look at all. I look at all comics. Uh, I don't really have a favorite. Like to pretty much everyone is at right. the whatever the time is because yeah. I just like watching uh, but at that time it was uh, it was Ron Vaudry uh, Gary David uh, a lot of the older gentlemen that are here today uh, Gary's not around anymore but I really loved uh, him very much he was such a sweetheart man That's and he's so funny and so brilliant yeah. and uh, he was so much older than me but he was such a sweetheart guy I, I right. miss him I think about him every now and then he's such a sweetheart guy that's amazing yeah yeah did you have, uh, did you, were you working a lot of clubs back then where you looked over at people and you thought, you know, these guys are going to, I'm hanging out with, because I know I've interviewed a lot of people that have done sets like, like the comedy store and back in the day when they were performing with a lot of these guys, you know, you know, Marin and, and uh, you know, Triple E and Shafir and all that. And they're like, wow, I, I, you know, I know I'm hanging out with people that are going to become something at some point in time. Like they're going to, 
end up getting their tops. Did you know back then that this was going to be a career for you as long as it's as it's been? No, I'm very uh, very thankful that it's still sort of going on. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So every yeah. now and then it's a bit depressing, but that's part of any work, I guess. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But uh, I am I am still happy that I've chosen to continue in this in this decision. Yeah. In this in this job, it certainly has drawbacks just like any other job sure and has perks as well as any other job right but uh yeah i'm uh and also i uh i just didn't realize until i'm old till now that uh uh being just around uh other brilliant comedians right. is to be around these really super intelligent funny people yeah so i just get to laugh a lot yeah and you won't realize that i guess until i'm like really old and Maybe in a, if I do live till I'm old and in a senior's home, I'm going to think back at all these people that made me laugh so much. That's amazing. You know? And this is not even on the stage. This is just in the car. Right. You know, right. just, you know, comics driving the car with, you know what I mean? They just ha- make you howl. Absolutely. Some of them are just, you know. Like, Some brilliant people. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> and when you're, when you're laughing and you like their humor, they just, they just give you more and more, you know? Because I just shut up when I'm around comics most of the time because they're, they're funny, right? right? I, don't right. Have, I don't have to be funny. They're funny. So I just have to laugh. So, like, I'm totally non... Yeah. I'm just a guy that really is non-judgmental for comedy. I try right. to not make it so uh, complicated sometimes yeah, yeah. or yeah. serious. Just enjoy it. Just try to enjoy it because yeah. I'll laugh if a two-year-old makes me laugh or a 92-year-old. Right. It's okay. I don't, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. There's, you know. Brilliant, man. I think it's because all my brothers and sisters are funnier than me that I'm just totally cool with not being the funniest person. <laughs> totally cool with I that. Because I don't mind laughing, so I'm fine yeah. with that. Like, yeah. That's totally cool with me. But you, but you've 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 gone into some really. I mean, you've won some some really nice competitions. You you were on Last Comic Standing. There's a lot of you know opportunities that that you've capitalized on in in your career. I mean, what's that what's that been like? Are you are you happy with that? Uh, the last comic standing, it, I did look very good in that. Yeah. Uh, it is it's not a very nice show. Right. Put it that way. There are not. It's not a nice show. Right. Uh, I didn't find it very very kind. Right. And um, um, and it, it's not. It wasn't kind. Yeah. So, uh, but Your experience, I experience like as far as like being on like how you were treated or, or like the the way that they set it up the competition. Well, you know how uh, reality shows are today, where they yeah, yeah. you talk badly behind someone's back and they right. film it, and you tell you talk you talk you talk in front of the world, but in in front of you talk in front of the world behind someone's back. Sure, like absolutely. Why would you do that? Right, right. It's just it evil. Speaks to a lot of character. Yeah. It's just evil. Mm-hmm. It's just not nice. Mm-hmm. Well, Nice thing to do, you know. Interesting. So. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, they, uh, yeah, not a, not a nice thing to do. Yeah, yeah. But reality is a lot like that now, eh? It yeah. seems like it. It yeah. seems like it. Yeah. yeah. But We're, the dance reality shows, they're quite positive. I, I, you know, I actually enjoy those, and I've never, I never got around to watching them. I was at my brother's house or something like that, and he, he had it on, and I was just amazed at some of these, some of these young groups and stuff that are doing some fantastic stuff. Yeah. And the judges are super nice. Yeah. It's not just like come up in front of the stage and we'll fucking tear you apart in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't like that shit. Yeah. Dance, I don't like that. Yeah, dancing is quite a sweet, sweet people. Yeah. But I could see the I could see by the way that it's set up for stand up that sure. it can be an attack. Well, because stand up is a brain thing. Absolutely. Not I that dancing that, isn't, but, but I think that I think that they did the show a lot of disservice by 
kind of integrating some of that that bullshit reality bite bite your back type of you know they don't have to interject drama it's the same thing like if you watch a home and garden show and it's like they go in and they restore this beautiful house and they've got you know they look at the clock and it's like we've got 13 hours to get this and i'm like why just fucking show me how to build the house and show me you know what i mean like decorate take your time make it look good yeah why do you have to get it done in 20 minutes and and it, it feels like it's the same thing on on the like the last comic standing and, and those types of shows where they feel this need to interject this dramatic side of it and to fire people up, or I'm not quite sure what the point of it is. You exactly, know? you're right. I just enjoy comedy. I just enjoy yeah. watching. You know, growing up, uh, Bud uh, Friedman was the, the guy that I watched every Friday night in the States, you know, the, the improv, and it was just synonymous with comedy, and I don't think we have that anymore as well as we should. And it's a real it's a real shame that we got these reality shows that kind of put that slant on it and that bend on it that doesn't need to be there. Who knows? Maybe they'll change. Oops, I hope so. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, as far as like your comedy goes, is it is, like they call you the king of obscure comedy? Is it? How do you get that inspiration to write? Are you do you sit down and write every day? Do you? I try to. Uh, I don't write every day. No, you, I try to keep a record of what I have and right. jokes and stuff. Like, but uh, yeah, it's always. Uh, I guess I'm just uh, okay with my mind. Right. And that's right. what it is. Yeah. That's and that's each person with their own, sure. with their own with their own mind and their own their own way of thinking. Yeah. But I don't think I'm that obscure, but I guess I am. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, good nickname. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I find your comedy to be on point, man. It's great. It's uh, it's very quick, bam, 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 man. It's great. I like that style of uh, comedy a lot. You know, it reminds me a lot of like Dangerfield back in the day. Right. I you love. Know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Dangerfield was great. Yeah. Man. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Do you find your comedy resonates all throughout wherever you go? Do you find you have to fine tune some of your stand up to depending on what your crowd is like? Oh, jeez. Hmm. I don't know. Um Like does something in Vancouver work in Halifax? Um No, it seems to be okay. Yeah. It seems to work okay around Canada. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did you have a lot? And of... if it doesn't, it's it's not too long on a certain subject. Right. It can go to a different subject. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what someone says to me. They go, well, even if they don't get what you're getting into, they'll kind of, we'll just wait and they'll go into something something yeah, else you're hopefully. Into something yeah. Else in a but if yeah. they like the way I think, then I'm okay. Right. If they don't, then it's just going to be very difficult. Yeah. You know. Have you been to Los Angeles? Is doing a lot of the comedies. Like, did you ever feel you needed to move to a bigger market like that? Did you ever? New York or L.A. and stuff like that? Did you ever feel like you needed to... Oh, I just went to L.A. Uh, LA for like uh, a year, I think. Right. Yeah. Just... What was your experience like there? Oh, it was good. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I got hired at the comedy store. Yeah. But I ran out of money and had to come back to Canada. That seems to be a lot of the big things that a lot of comedians have to deal with over there. It's not easy. Like, they find a lot of success once they're there, but it's really hard to hang on, and especially in a different country where you can't work as much as you, you'd like to or get paid. I mean, there's a, there's a big, big pool down there. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah. So where do you like performing Jeff most? Jeff McHenry's down there now. Who's that? Jeff McHenry. That's right. He's down That's there right. now. That's right. Yeah. We got a lot of Canadians down there. That's amazing. I, I interview a lot of people that end up going down to Los Angeles, and yeah, it's a real it's a real feast or famine down there, you know? Yeah. Either you connect with the right people and just happen to eke it out until bigger opportunities come, or, you know, you just don't. You just end up starving out. Yeah. That's crazy. What's up next for you? What... Uh, what do you got going? Are you are you home for the holidays? Are you you're touring? Or what's, I'm just what's gonna stay on? here till the fifth. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got some family here. My brother's here. Oh, good. My sister-in-law. I got some nieces. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of family. So I'll visit the family. Good stuff. How do you like playing in uh, Calgary? 
I love Calgary. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I love uh, I love Calgary and Vancouver was awesome too. Yeah. Great room. Uh, it's great uh, staff here yeah. in Calgary and, and it's really run well. So it's it's right. nice. Yeah, it's That's nice amazing. to be uh, to have the staff, you know, support you and yeah. and help you succeed. And there's nothing like going out to a sold out crowd and, and just killing it. Man. Oh yeah, totally. That's a good feeling too. <laughs> hey, thanks for doing this, Winston. Thank you so much. All right, folks, and there you have it, the always entertaining Mr. Winston Spear. Great interview, great guy. I implore you to go check. I've got to stop using the word implore. Uh, hey, I hope everybody had a great new year. Welcome back, and lots more shows to come. Stay tuned, everybody. Always a pleasure doing these with you. And, of course, on behalf of myself, your host, Jake Hirsch, and all the crew at Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer, Kira Williams, and, of course, our webmaster, Camille Sarovi. I want to say thank you, and we will see you next week.